0: Lynn Hiles Ministries presents, Dr. Lynn Hiles, That You Might Have Life. And here's your host, Dr. Lynn Hiles. Welcome back to the program again today. And we uh, are just so thankful that you uh, take the time to join us every week. Once again, we, we simply want to share uh, some things that I know to many of you have been really stretching you and uh, sometimes Truth may make you mad before it makes you free. I know when I first began to see some of these things and the possibilities that they bring, uh, it created as many questions as it did answers. But I feel like we've brought quite a few answers to the table in that we have shared this book of Revelation for a hundred and some episodes, and they are archived on YouTube for you to watch at your leisure. If you'd like to, simply go to YouTube and type in that you might have life, or my name and our channel will come up with a whole host of, of videos, but especially the Revelation stuff is there, so you could begin at the beginning of the playlist and just watch episode after episode after episode and so you can see the trail that we've left to get here. We've come all the way to Revelation 21 because we have uh, been, uh, we're trying to bring this to probably in the next month or so a, uh, a conclusion, and then we're going to release all the audio of the uh, programs uh, to where you can get these CDs, play them in your car or whatever. But I'm going back to Revelation 21 today, and uh, I'm going to get right back in the Word without a lot of preliminaries, because i got a lot of ground I want to cover. It says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. There was no more sea, and I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. I heard a great voice out of heaven, saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and He will dwell with them. They shall be His people." God Himself shall be with them and be their God, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And He that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. What a profound statement. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And I said unto then And He said unto me, It is done. That's powerful. It is done. It is finished. I'm Alpha and Omega the beginning and the end, I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcomes shall inherit all things, and I'll be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful, unbelieving, abominable, and murderers, and whoremongers, and sorcerers, and adulterers, and all liars, shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, I will show thee the bride, the lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. And her light was unlike unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as a crystal. And had a wall, and had a wall great and high, and twelve gates, and at the gates twelve angels, and the names written thereon, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. On the east three gates, on the north three gates, on the south three gates. On the west three gates. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and in them the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And he talked to me, had a golden reed to measure the city and the gates thereof, and the wall thereof the city lieth four square, and the length is as large as the breadth. And he measured the city with the reed twelve thousand furlongs, the length, and the breadth, and the height of it are equal. And he measured the wall thereof 144 cubits, according to the measure of a man, that is, of the angel. And the building of the wall of of it was of jasper, and the city was pure gold, like unto clear glass. And the foundations of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, second sapphire, the third chalcedony, the fourth an emerald, the fifth sardonyx, the sixth sardius, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chryspressus, the eleventh jacinth, and the twelve amethyst. And the twelve gates were twelve pearls, every several gate was of one silver pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold, as it were transparent glass. And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb were the temple of it, and the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine, and for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth to bring their glory and honor into it, and the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there, and they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it, and there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth neither whatsoever worketh abomination, or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life." Now, uh, we have really uh, taken a long time to deal with, first of all, the fact that this city, this tabernacle, this new heaven, this new earth, this bride are all talking about the same thing and that's the new covenant people of God. In the new covenant we are not going to get married to Him, we're already married to Him. If we're not married, uh, it is illegal to use His name and it is illegal to be intimate with Him. We already showed you in chapter 19 while we talked about the celebrating of the marriage of the Lamb had come, that we got married to Him 2,000 years ago. We showed you that the new heaven and the new earth were the new creation. The uh, passing away of the old heaven and the old earth was the old covenant paradigm, the old uh, covenant temple, the old covenant people of God, the old covenant Israel, the old covenant, uh, if you will, uh, Jerusalem. It was a tale of two cities. One Jerusalem is fading. Old Jerusalem is going, and now there is a new Jerusalem. The fact that there's a new one means there was an old one. The old heaven, the old earth had passed away. Uh, The old tabernacle, God moved out of a physical building into the house that we are. I'm not going to go back and do much more review than that because we dealt with that for probably six segments up to this point. I want to come to this uh, segment where he says, He carried me away into the spirit of great and high mountain and showed me the great city of the Holy Jerusalem descending out of heaven from God. And we showed you in Hebrews 12 where he tells us in Hebrews 12 concerning the new covenant people of God, for you are come to Mount Zion and you are come to the city of the living God. In Hebrews chapter 11, under an Old Testament paradigm, Abraham was looking for a city whose builder and maker was God, but in Hebrews 12 in the New Covenant, we were the city that Abraham was looking for. He was looking for a city that had foundations. And as I already read to you, the names of the twelve apostles are in the foundation of the walls of this city. That's not just because they got to etch their name in a piece of concrete that was poured. It's just that the whole New Testament community of faith, the new covenant city of God, the new covenant Jerusalem, the new covenant bride of Christ, the church, the Lamb's wife, the bride, this new tabernacle, everything that's new, has been built upon apostolic foundation that was being laid in the first century. This city has been built. One of the things that really sticks out to me is that everything about this city, whether it's pure gold or whatever, the Bible said it's clear as a crystal. There's two things that I can say about that. Number one is that there's nothing impure in it. But number two, it's transparent. It's clear as crystal. In other words, it can be right in your midst and you can't see it. And I'm afraid that that's really the case with a lot of people is the new Jerusalem has been right in our midst. The tabernacle of God is right in our midst and we can't see to see it. But it is coming down from God out of heaven. The source is heaven, just like Jesus came down from heaven and and prayed, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Heaven is invading the earth, just like it did in Eden's misty garden before the fall. Heaven and earth were in the first fruits, and they were in the very beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and uh, He called, if you remember back some time ago, I taught out of Genesis 1, where God separated the above water from the beneath water. Uh, The above water hung in clouds, and the beneath water hung in what we call seas, oceans, ponds, and so forth. But the firmament, which was between the above water and the beneath water, God called that heaven, capital H-E-A-V-E-N in Genesis chapter 1. So the heaven and the earth were merged together in one place. Heaven is invading the earth. The kingdom is here. The kingdom was delivered. It continues to grow. It's like 11. See, everything I'm teaching from this book of Revelation, even chapter 21 especially, is that it was birthed, it was done. It was established in the first century, but it has ongoing effects. Just like our salvation, our redemption continues to go down through the lives of humanity and people, and it continues to get get more and more under the perfect day. In other words, the path of the just is like a shining light. It shines more and more. So when you see uh, this city, uh, Holy Jerusalem, descending from God out of heaven, it is heaven invading the earth. It is God releasing in the earth, uh, you know, the things that He promised, the kingdom of heaven. He said, if I cast out devils, then the kingdom of God is come unto you. When I heal the sick, then the kingdom of God has come unto you. The kingdom of God has been given to His people to release in the earth because when the kingdom comes, it relieves the suffering of the human condition. The curse has been reversed. We're not up under a curse. But it's time for us to walk in the realities of a new covenant and the kingdom of God, in the kingdom realities. So when He carried me away into the Spirit, He showed me this great and high mountain. This great high mountain is Mount Zion. It is the Holy Jerusalem that you see in chapter 12 of the book of uh, Hebrews. It is coming down from God. Having the glory of God in our light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as a crisp- crystal. Interestingly enough, when you look at the, the the picture that is shown in Revelation 4, when there was a throne opened in the heavens, and there was a rainbow around the throne in sight like unto an emerald, and there was one that sat on the throne that was to look upon like a jasper. What that tells me in Revelation chapter 21 ver- verse 11 is that she has. Uh, a stone, most precious, even like a jasper stone, clears a crystal. So by the time we get to Revelation 21, the bride looks just like Jesus. The bride looks just like Him who's the one sitting on the throne. It had a wall great and high, and had twelve gates, and in the twelve gates had twelve angels, and the names written thereon, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. On the north three gates, on the, on the south, on the east three gates, I'm sorry, on the north three gates, on the south three gates on the west three gates. And the wall of the city had 12 foundations, and in them the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. How many know that the uh, book of Ephesians, I believe it's chapter 2, says we are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being chief cornerstone. And uh, he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city and the gates thereof and the wall thereof. And the the city lieth for square, and the length is as large as the breadth. And he measured the city with a reed, 12,000 furlongs, and the length and the breadth of it and the height of it are equal, and he measured the wall thereof, and 144 cubits according to the measure of man that is of the angel. It's interesting to me that the exact measurements of the city are the same number that was concluded in Revelation 7 and Revelation chapter 14 of 144,000. The number 144 literally means overcomers, and 1,000 means with the glory of God. So this wall, uh, I believe, very powerfully pictures the salvation and the redemption that has come uh, to uh, this 144,000, or if you will, this company of overcomers. I believe it is in the book of, uh, I think it's chapter 3, Revelation says, And to him that overcometh, I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down from God out of heaven, it is a people and not a place. It is the overcomer. This city is the overcomer. Uh, you know, uh, let, me, let me finish reading. Well, I'll, I'll talk about the details of it a little bit more. But I want to go, if, uh, if we can, uh, this is almost, if you will, uh, it reminds me so much of Isaiah 60 that I wanted to bring into play in this particular segment, Isaiah chapter 60, because it's really a, a powerful picture. You know, it, all of these texts especially from Isaiah to Isaiah 66, are powerfully picture uh, the affirmation of what we're teaching, that this is not a place, but it's a people. But Isaiah 60 says, Arise and shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Now remember in Revelation 21, this city had a light that was like unto a jasper that was most precious. Now Isaiah is prophesying and says, Arise and shine, for thy light is come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Jesus says in Matthew, you're a city set on a hill that cannot be hid. Neither do men light a light and hide it under a bushel. We, we used to sing that in Sunday school. Hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. The city is the light of the nations of the earth. But he said, arise and shine, for your light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. In Revelation, the city the glory of the Lord is upon this city. He said, For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and His glory shall be seen upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. As we go on later in Revelation 21 and 22, the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into this city. The gates are not closed day or night, but they are open continuously. It is a city that is available to touch the nations of the earth. And they're going to bring their glory. The Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. Lift out thine eyes round about, and see all they gather themselves together. They come to thee. Thy son shall come from far, and thy daughter shall be nursed at thy side. Then shalt thou see and flow together, and thine heart shall fear and be enlarged, because the abundance of the sea shall be converted unto thee, and the forces of the Gentiles shall come unto thee. The wealth of the Gentiles is going to come to the people of God. That's not for somewhere out in the future where wealth won't have any power. That's coming into the city of God that you are. We, the people of God, are this city that the nations and the kings will come to, and are coming to, and have been coming to, because this city was established in the first century and still remains to this day. It is the community of faith. It is the people upon whom the glory of the Lord has risen. It's amazing to me that when you see in Colossians 1, 26, He said that Christ in you is the hope of glory. It goes on to say, the multitude of the camels shall cover thee, the dromedaries of Midian and Ephah. All they from Sheba shall come, and they shall bring gold and incense, and they shall show forth the praises of the Lord. The flocks of Kedar shall be gathered together unto thee, and the rams of Nebaioth shall minister unto thee. They shall come up with, uh, up with acceptance upon mine altar, and I will glorify the house of my glory. Who are these that fly as a cloud and as a dove to their windows? Surely the isles shall wait for me. The ships of Tarshish first to bring thy sons from far, their silver, their gold with them under the name of the Lord thy God, and to the Holy One of Israel, because He hath glorified thee. And the sons of strangers shall build up thy walls, and their kings shall minister unto thee. For in my wrath I smote thee, but in my favor have I had mercy on thee. Therefore thy gates shall be opened continually. Almost exactly the same wording as you see in Revelation 21, thy gates shall be opened continually. They shall not be shut day nor night, that men may bring unto thee the forces of the Gentiles, and that their kings may be brought. For the nation and the kingdom that will not serve thee shall perish, yea, those nations shall be utterly wasted. The glory of Lebanon shall come unto thee, the fir tree, the pine tree, the box tree together to beautify the place of my sanctuary, and I will make the place of my feet glorious. The sons also of them that afflicted thee shall come bending unto thee, and all they that despise thee shall bow themselves down at the soles of thy feet, and they shall call thee the city of the Lord, the Zion of the Holy One of Israel, whereas thou hast been forsaken and hated, so that no men went through thee. I will make thee an exceeding excellency, a joy of many generations. Thou shalt also suck the milk of the Gentiles, and shalt suck the breast of the kings, and thou shalt know that I, the Lord, am thy Savior and thy Redeemer." Uh, the mighty one of Jacob. For brass I will bring gold, and for iron I will bring silver, and for brass, for stones, for iron I will make thy officers peace, and thine exactors righteousness Violence shall no more be heard in thy land, wasting nor destruction within thy borders. But thou shalt call thy walls salvation, and thy gates shall be called praise. Now, this is almost exact wording. The walls around this city are called uh, uh, called salvation. It is the protector. It is the, if you will, uh, God has built a wall, a ring about Zion. God has built a wall of salvation and closed us in. Thy walls shall be called salvation and thy gates praise. You know, we think about these things in terms of natural uh, fulfillment, but when you get into the prophetic language of this, it's not talking about uh, entering through, uh, you know, some physical gate. We, we know that when we walk into service, we shall, we enter into a place, and, and the Bible says that we can enter His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Uh, if I have time in the next segment, I'll probably talk about the camp of Israel when it was at rest, and that the camp of Judah, whose name means praise, was right at the entrance of where you would come into the entrance of the tabernacle of Moses, so that when He said, you will come enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise, you had to walk through the camp of Judah in order to even come into the presence of God. And so it is our praise that brings us into uh, this, uh, into the awareness of this city. It goes on to say, uh, you know, and I already showed you this, violence shall no more be heard in thy land. In other words, weeping and wailing have passed the judgment is passed the curse is passed there's no more hurt in your land your walls are going to be called salvation your gates are going to be called praise The sun shall no more be thy light, neither for brightness shall the moon give light unto thee, but the Lord shall be unto thee an everlasting light, and thy God thy glory. Revelation 21, And there was no need for the light of the sun, the moon, or the stars, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the light of it. And not only are they the light of it, the glory of God did lighten it. And the glory of the Lord, as you see in Isaiah 60, says, Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Uh, Colossians 1, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Glory is not smoke in the corner, it's the manifest presence of God. It is the glory of God upon a people, and that glory is going to be seen through this people, this city of God, this bride, this lamb's wife. And he goes on to saying, thy people shall be Uh, thy people also shall be all righteous. They shall inherit the land forever and the branch of my planting, the work of my hands, that I may be glorified. A little one shall become a thousand and a small one, a strong nation. I, the Lord, will hasten it in his time. Uh, When you see, really, this prophetic word is talking about uh, uh, powerfully to me. The new covenant, Jerusalem of God. The new covenant, restoration. You know, many of these prophecies that you see, uh, uh, Jeremiah, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, some of these prophecies, many of them that we, most prophecy teachers hang out in our future somewhere to a restoration of a natural Israel or a natural Jerusalem uh, can only fit in a spiritual dynamic. Because first of all, well, well, let me just say this to you. Because we don't understand that the time slot of these prophecies, we don't understand that many of them that are prophesying about a return from exile took place after their captivity in Babylon and in their restoration under Ezra, Nehemiah, as they returned back into their land and their city. But it carries with it more powerful overtones as it begins to prophesy of a greater Jerusalem, a greater Israel of God. And I showed you, I think we have dealt with it enough in the past to show you, especially in Galatians 4, that the Old Covenant, the Old Covenant. Jerusalem is Mount Sinai in Arabia. Galatians 4 declares that. And he says, Cast out the bondwoman and her son because she will never be heir with the son of the free woman. There's only one way into the glory of God, into the covenants of promise, and that's through Jesus. It's through the Lamb. One of the things that you see powerfully pictured in this book of Revelation is the fact uh, that there is no temple herein because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple. it, it's powerful to be, you know, if you remember back, uh, uh, and I, I'm, 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 I'm re- reviewing too much here, but if you remember a couple segments ago, I talked about how the Jesus said uh, in John 14, I am in my Father, and the Father is in me. But me and the Father are going to come and take up your abode, so, and uh, within you. So in the first part of the book of Revelation, chapter 21, we're the tabernacle where God lives. We're the house that He moves in. In the latter part of chapter 21, He's the temple and He's the tabernacle, the Lord God Almighty, and the Lamb are the temple thereof. They're the temple that we live in. What are you saying? It's not opposing each other. What it's simply saying is He's in us and we're in Him. Uh, we're His house and He's our house. So He lives in us and we live and move and have our being in His house. And I think it's incredible that you see almost exact word-for-word stuff going on here in the book of Revelation, and you see even things concerning, uh, you know, the street of the city, for instance. The street of the city uh, was a, what I always said, the street of the city is a street called straight. It's a highway called holiness. It is interesting to me that when we think about even in the gospel of Matthew that he talks about the straight and narrow and he says there are few that be that find it. Uh, But see the straight and narrow there is he said there, that broad is the way. Wide is the gate, broad is the way that leads to destruction and many there be that go in thereat. But straight is the gate, narrow is the way that leads to life and few there be that find it. That straight and narrow, uh, Jesus I believe was talking to these scribes and Pharisees in John 10 and he says to them, Uh, He says that uh, he that climbeth up into the sheepfold some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. So when you think you can come into the sheepfold through some other way other than through Jesus, the door, because He is the door, He is the gate that we enter into through the gate Uh, of His salvation, uh, we enter in through that gate into the straight and narrow. And that uh, when he's talking in Matthew 7 that there are few that found it, what he's saying is this Jewish society is trying to enter in through their own human works, labor, keeping every rule, jotting every T, crossing every I, or vice versa. But the reality of it is, is the straight and narrow is not a bunch of rule keeping. It's entering in through none other than Jesus Christ Himself. Is a street called straight. It is a highway called holiness. And the eye of the vulture has not seen it. Uh, It is not an accident that you're going to get in this city. It is going to be because you purposed it and because you enter in through the gate of pearl and the gates of pearl, for one thing, speaks of the work of Jesus Christ, because he said, "If a man knew a pearl, a great price was he a field. he'd say all he had to buy that pearl. A pearl is the result of a grain of sand coming into an oyster and irritating it and suffering. It is the suffering of Jesus that brought our redemption. It is the suffering of the death of Jesus that gives us entrance into the city. And these gates are not shut day or night, but they give access to this great city whose walls are called salvation, whose gates are called praise, and we can enter into the city and the nations of the earth and the kings of the earth do come and bring their glory and honor into it. Arise and shine, for your light has come. You're a city set on a hill that cannot be hid. Inside this city is walls that have been built on apostolic foundation, and we now live, we now as saints of God live in this city. Uh, it's not just, this This is not about heaven, because if it is outside of it is dogs and whoremongers, and as he goes on to this next chapter, He's going to tell you some things like these things are about to shortly come to pass, they're at hand. We're out of time. Uh, We're going to come back and at least touch one more segment on this. Uh, Take a moment to call that number on the screen. If you can, help us by sowing a seed into the ministry. We deeply and greatly appreciate your support and uh, share these uh, messages with other people. Tell them about us and tune in every week. Uh, And uh, I believe you'll be blessed by the Word of God that we're sharing. Thank you again for joining us. God bless you. Till next week. For anyone struggling to understand John's writings in Revelation, this book provides true, biblically-based answers. Through detailed insights into the letters John wrote to the seven churches of his day, you will learn how to avoid the mistakes of the early church to overcome today's trials and tribulations. This book will provoke you to thought and dialogue, bringing greater clarity and revelation of Jesus Christ.